This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome to The Altar Tapes, the podcast where hosts watch a horror short from Watch Alter and chat about it. My name is Nicole. I'm going to be one of your guests or one of your hosts for this episode. And who do I have with me? Well, today we have Zero Gravity back on The Altar Tapes and we're getting real Christmassy up in here today. That is correct. We are bringing you a little bit of a early Christmas gift with uh, with this short. So let's just get right into it. So the short that we're going to be talking about is uh, Snow Globe, directed by Christopher Ryan Laughter. And I'm assuming it's not actually pronounced laughter, but I'm I'm just going to say laughter um, because I think it's pretty damn cool. Um, So, and I think this came out in 2022. And here is our log line to get us kicked off on the conversation. A devious housewife prepares her husband's killer Christmas gift. But when reality comes knocking, her past and future collide. All right, so Zero, what were your initial thoughts as you were watching this? Because one of the things I always love about these shorts is that there's always some unexpected stuff that happens. So what what were your thoughts as you were as you were kind of kicking it off? Well, to be honest, when you brought this short to the table, because this was your pick, I I had to mm-hmm. immediately confirm um, this was the one that we were going to be talking <laughs> about. I actually used to collect snow globes when I was a kid. Um, and so I have a lot of memories of me, you know, looking at all the snow globes that I've collected, whether they be from amusement parks or sometimes my friends would go on vacation and they would bring a snow globe back for me. And so I have these really strong memories of looking into my snow globes and shaking them up and kind of imagining what, as crazy as sounds, what kind of trauma the people on the inside are going through as I shake up their entire world. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I was really excited that this one was titled Snow Globe. I also just really like holiday horror in general. I think it's very clever. Um, whatever the holiday is, I don't care. I just think it's a really interesting and different setting to place this genre into. Um, so when I think mm-hmm. about Christmas specifically, um, and Christmas horror is not one to mess with. I will say that Christmas horror is has a uh, very uh, rarely disappointed me. But you know, we get 
really warm feelings and warm themes and you know us as horror heads unfortunately that's not something that we're really into so it could get it could get real interesting especially when we go towards the cliche of you know the ghosts of christmas past or or if you know feelings of reflection family is also a hard one that comes up and you know these are really risky yeah. themes that especially when you apply horror to them you know that that could be some real heavy stuff so you know when you put this one on the plate snow globe i was like okay let's go let's let's absolutely do it no i i'm the same way i think you're exactly right i think one of the things that is really appealing about holiday horror is it's that juxtaposition, right? It's supposed to be a very cheerful, happy time of year, um, being around people that you love um, and all of these things, but it's also a very hard time of year for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And so I think that, you know, bringing in some of that, some of those darker elements, um, is is always an interesting juxtaposition and something that I think a lot of us really, really like about our holiday horror. Um, but in talking about how this short plays out, you kind of alluded to it with kind of the ghost of um, uh, Christmas past. So we're kicking off with Maisie, um, a housewife. She's all done up. The house is decorated um, very nicely for the holidays. We see a pretty, uh, I would say, a pretty substantial tree in the background. Um, and she's preparing for a visitor, for Santa, as we were assuming. She leaves out a cookie and some milk. And pretty quickly after that is when we start to get... I said one of the things I really love about these shorts is that um, you can always expect the unexpected and pretty quickly because this is a very short short um, just under eight minutes um, we start getting some different things at play so Santa comes and I think we also start to see a drop in uh, her demeanor because she's very bubbly very excited Christmas has this very like posh uh, British accent and um, and then you know talking uh, just being very excited about Christmas and Santa's visit and then all of a sudden stopping it and just like I hate Christmas so as we're starting to see some of this peel back what are you thinking well, this is obviously the beginning of the tone switch because everything up until that moment where um, Maisie opens her first gift, the one of three, is very stereotypically Christmas. You know, it's it's almost it's almost hallmarky, like how Christmas this is. She opens up the gift immediately; her demeanor has changed, the attitude has changed. Really, the whole rest of the tone of the film has changed into something more bleak and darker, which, you know, we're just, we have to find out. We have to stick around to find out. Um, and that's when I remember that, yes, we are watching a short film on Alter, <laughs> the Alter <laughs> channel. So we can't live in this Christmas realm forever. 
Um, but something that I wanted to bring up was um, the narrator. And when I watch these altar shorts, I love to go into the comment section after I'm done and just see what what the altar community is, is saying and if I can make any parallels. And there was one comment um, about the narrator. And they said something along the lines of the narrator was perfect um, his voice was almost like a cup, a glass of eggnog with a shot of whiskey in it. And I thought that was absolutely mm -hmm. perfect because the voice of the narrator, his tone um, really mimics the two sides here that we have of this film. So when we're in our Hallmark era, you know, up until, let's say, two or three minutes of the film, it fits perfectly. His voice is warm. Um, it's comforting. It's really, it's it's the lifetime voice, you know? It's perfect Christmas. And then as soon as the tone drops, um, we, we you know, get the feeling that something, something dark and twisted is afoot. Um, even though the narrator's voice and tone stays the same, something about, you know, the deep, crackly, um, warm voice almost seems like a trap. Um, and so even though we have two different sides of this film, his voice is is the perfect narration for guiding us through um, the cheerful parts and then the little bit more dark and dreary parts. Um, and that was one of the first things I noticed. And, you know, I would not underestimate the power of a good voice to bring you through a story. Um, and of course, it's, you know, every Christmas movie has to have a, a very strong narrator, which I was very happy to see. But yeah, even with the tone switch, as, as soon as Maisie gets into the, the headspace of, I hate Christmas, all the bah humbug, typical kind of things that you would hear somebody say in one of these films, um, it still works perfectly. But we're going to stay on this kind of tonal shift until the end of the film um which is kind of more our speed i would say as as horror people but it, it gets darker than that doesn't it yeah so as this is happening she does get her visitor she sees three gifts um and got a card which the one moment that kind of threw me off is she says oh i bet these aren't for me I bet they're not mm -hmm. even for me. But there's clearly, like, a big card that has her name on it um, in front of them. So I'm like, yeah, they're, they're yours. There's the only one here. Like, <laughs> there. Yeah. But, again, I think she's just kind of getting into that bah humbug mm -hmm. But she opens, so the three gifts are, and this kind of connects with what you were talking about, too, with the ghost of Christmas past. And really, kind of that Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, Christmas Carol uh, type story too, past, present, and future. And those are her her gifts. She's got past, present, and future. So the first gift that she goes to is past. I would, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I was very confused by, by this gift. Well, I was definitely a little bit confused with the first gift. And so I, I I came running to the comment section to see if anyone else had a little bit of insight. And a bunch of people actually said that the first gift was their favorite of the three, um, which to be honest with you, I'm still too. trying to figure out, but after open, yeah, after the three gifts, um, I think I, I was able to just put the pieces together and grab the, the bigger picture. 
Um, but yeah, to be to be honest with you, I'm not so sure still. Yeah, because when going with the narration, so this narration is very like you, I think, framed it perfectly, very much in the style of A Christmas Carol and in those holiday films that have the narration so that, you know, it's it's something that I think is, is now what's expected. It feels a little bit like it's a, a mechanism to kind of beat us over the head with what, like, the point, the message is, mm-hmm. which I'm not... Hey, sometimes that's great, but he's also giving like he a lot of the narration is in rhyme, kind of riddles, um, and so um, he there's I think the first riddle and I can't remember it verbatim, but it's alluding to the past isn't what you remember, um, isn't how you mm-hmm. remember. But we don't really see her in a raft um, with what she's opened. Um, she has this line, um, I think, right before we get to the second gift, I'd like to remember, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's not that she, it, it, it's hard to to figure out, did she see something from the past that was upsetting? Um, Is she kind of coming to terms with something from the past? Or is she trying to bring up a happy memory and can't? So I guess that was my, my confusion because I just, you don't really see her like experience the gift in the way that we see her experience. Mm-hmm. So then that gets us into, well, I'll call it uh, psych out gift number two. She, she goes for the present, present, and then it's like, no, I, I'm going to skip ahead, literally. Um, but the narration for here is very interesting because. It's very pointed in saying the present is where you can fix things. It's where you can um, basically do something right, make a change of some sort. But she just completely um, tosses the present present to the side and goes for future. And so... Talk to me about your thoughts on the future gift. The future gift is where we really get the horror um, because we see, surprise, surprise, a murder in the future. Um, And I think it's funny that the gift before this one was completely thrown out the window um, almost as if she's already made her mind and that goes back to the themes of you know, like Ghosts of Christmas Pasts and, and you know, trying, I guess, whoever this narrator is supposed to be, be or represent, trying to steer her in a different direction, which 
you know, advice was not taken. Um, and, you know, at the end, you know, everything does come full circle, which I do think is a very Christmassy theme to include just in general. But of course, like you said before, this is alter and something that we do know when we watch these shorts is to expect the unexpected. So I also know that the the gif, the quote unquote gif that we're getting a peek of that is in the future can't actually be be what it is. Um, almost kind of like a genie in a lamp situation, kind of spiteful even, um, especially because a warning was given with the small monologue that we get with the present gift and how that was tossed to the side. But this is when it gets good for me. I'm I'm really a fan of, of this one. Yeah, I think plenty of parallels and lots of cocky confidence with this uh, in with the narrator as well. The nod that um, I guess not everything is is what it seems. And, you know, not to be cliche or anything, but there's consequences to your actions. And those those consequences were definitely found at the end of this film, weren't they? <laughs> that is not great, I would say. Um, I want to loop back to what we see with the vision, because, yes, mm-hmm. we see from what our view is, is that we see a man in a Santa suit, um, kind of like dead, toppled over in a chair. Um, and that's really all we see. Um, she's kind of looking at it through the box, actually, which I actually thought that that was a really cool um, stylistic choice. Yeah, um, I agree. She opens she opens the box, she kind of tears it open from both ends, and she's kind of using it like a viewer. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then we, she's, she's like, all right, well, these gifts suck. Um, and then she opens the present present, and I guess the present present brings brings Santa back um, and puts things in action, I guess. Um, again, this I would say that the past and the present ones are a little bit, like, up for interpretation on what they're supposed mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. kind of manifesting as. But we see, as she's opening it, like, the um, snow's coming down like someone's up on the ceiling um so santa has returned and um she's she oddly enough goes back into that hyper excited bubbly happy um mode again um and then we kind of get a slight fast forward in time um and we find out that it was santa who came back but it was her husband Mm -hmm. as santa and so this is kind of our our race to the end of the short but he comes and now her mood is completely changed so what talk to me about what the mood is once we once we're a little further in time later that evening and we're with this couple now see now at this point during the film my my perspective has kind of changed because initially well not initially 
maybe around the the one third the 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 middle third of the film um because you know I, I just to be honest I don't know what to think of this chick I don't know if she is you know someone that I should be rooting for her if I should be on her side is she actually a villain I really don't know especially since we yeah. um we weren't able to see what that past, like what she saw in that box. So yeah, you're right. It really is up to interpretation. Um, but now that the, you know, who um, is called Darling at the end is stepped back into the picture, um, I kind of think this is a situational, really unfortunate thing happening right here. Um, what it seems like is, um, especially when the the, Darling starts getting a little bit uh, more screen time. It's almost feeling like, uh, I mean, excuse me for being so crass, but like an Amber Heard, Johnny Depp situation where two bad people or two um, you know, not completely honest people are having to, to deal with each other, I guess, under the facade of uh, having a very happy and wholesome Christmas the way that it should be. I'm making um cookies for him and this cookie mm-hmm. is delicious and you know and of course they're all they're both um conventionally attractive and you know what what wouldn't you what else would you want from you know a, a typical christmas tale um but now i'm thinking that maybe she saw something having to do with the darling in the past that upset her um and yeah i don't i really think a lot of this is all up for interpretation especially because it the film makes it so easy for you to change your mind about about this character specifically um as seeing their reaction to going through these three gifts yeah what do you think oh i love your your thought there um that had not dawned on me and i think that's that is I key brilliant um, kind of a take on what that past gift could have been. Um, because again, we were kind of wrestling with what was she seeing or not seeing. But I think this is, I love that. Maybe she was seeing something about Darling. Um, so we also recognize that Darling is the guy that is dead in the future vision. And everything seems like all right this is we're on that train now to him being dead and we we don't have any more stops um so yes i also like that what you mentioned about there being this undertone of obviously this not being a happy healthy relationship whether there's abuse um happening or anything because it just it seems very heavy um and a couple of things that i took away from this is that you know going back to the very beginning where she's kind of acting really excited and um you know anxious about the like about christmas and, and santa and and feeling like it's an act like, well, it is because she is unhappy. And I wonder, because we see Darling in the Santa suit, um, you know, is this kind of like an act for him? Um, I don't know. It, lots of kind of performative. He, 
you know, he talks about, I think he puts his cigarette or something out in the milk and then pours himself whiskey, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. Um, and then he eats this big cookie and he says, this is delicious. Wish there were a few more. And then turns out the cookie is poisoned. And she's sitting over across the way watching him. So this is something that has been planned. Now, question I have for you. So much because so much of this is left up to interpretation and kind of plugging in little things. Um so she gets this future vision. And um so this is looping back to what she saw when she opened the future gift. And she saw him dead. Do you think at that point in time they planned, orchestrated, put this together? Or do you think that something happened in the time that we weren't with them and now we switched the cookie to a poisonous one? He's dead. Hmm. Because she seems surprised by what she sees. She, I wouldn't say surprised, but she does. She's, she doesn't react the way that you would think in seeing mm-hmm. the death. It's, it's exactly what she wanted. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I, I, I wouldn't think so initially. And you know what? I think that gives me another reason to go back and watch this again. And, you know, everything is different once once you know what the outcome is going to be like. Then it's a little bit more obvious to pick up on on hints that we may have been given early on. Um, but you're right. She doesn't seem surprised at all. So. But also the title of this film is Snow Globe. And like I mentioned in the beginning of our discussion just now, you know, this is a snow globe is like, you know, what could be happening on the inside? So especially since we're playing so much with time, the concept of time, um, maybe, you know, the whole snow globe idea is that we're kind of trapped in a a time loop um, kind of situation. Maybe I might be getting a little bit too sci-fi here, but um, that that could explain I the fact that. that. Okay, all right. I'm not I'm not getting too crazy here, I guess. Um, but maybe oh, that, that could explain the fact that um, um, that she knows what's what's about to happen, and it's the the direct course of what will happen because we're in a time loop kind of thing. I'm not sure, but that's that's something that I would be interested in exploring. Maybe I can go back and get some some um some clues some cookie crumbs if you will that have been dropped (laughs) well and i love i love the time loop idea and here's why especially because what we see when she's viewing the the end essentially we only see darling but we know that the end of our short isn't just darling, right? Mm-hmm. So 
we so going back to the present um, of what's happening now with this couple, she's opened a bottle of wine and they she's drinking from it and um, it's a gift to her from her husband and we discover that well, he had the same idea as her. And mm-hmm. like, I'm going to poison you. Um, and she adds this line as she first starts drinking it because he makes a point of look at the year. He does. And she's like, it was a very good year. So I think that this gives so much weight and credence to what you talked about with this. Like, there's a lot going on underneath this with this couple. And what they have experienced in their relationship mm-hmm. um, and, you know, connecting it to the snow globe. We do get a snow globe um, shot in this. Um, but again, like what we're seeing, it's beautiful snow, um, but what is happening on the inside? And these people are trapped, actually. So again, going back to that time loop thing, I, you have brought so many amazing, amazing theories that my only thing that I would also possibly think you could have been seeing with the future gift is, well, we only see um, Darling, she drinks the wine and also dies. Maybe she's seeing both herself and him. And that's what's upsetting to her is that she's like, well, I'm just going to kill him. Um, so I'm cool with that component of the future, but me mm-hmm. on the ground over here would rather not. Yeah. Mm. Things to think about. For anyone listening yeah. right now, I would, I would love to know your opinion. Because this is seems like it it's left so so much power to the viewer, we almost can't come to a conclusion because there could be so many. Exactly, and I love that. I think especially with some of these shorter shorts, because they only have so much time, they really are putting together like a narrative really creatively, so that they're they're giving us. The, the bits and pieces to play with kind of like Legos of like here's your here's a few Legos mm-hmm. for you now you arrange them like how you arrange mm-hmm. them you play with them yeah you construct and I love that yeah anything else about this short that stood out to you that we haven't covered No, I think that's just about everything. Yeah. So highly recommend checking this one out. I have been so impressed with all of the shorts I have watched. Um, Just the creativity, um, the the vast array of of kind of stories and types and just... Trust me, if you go to watch Alter and you start watching 
shorts, you're just going to be there for a very long time because you get yeah. <laughs> amazing stuff. So yeah, that is that is our conversation about Novo Zero. Now is the time, the end of podcast time, where we have to give plugs. Where can people find you and what are you up to? Uh, yes. Um, well, I will be um, hopefully enjoying my holiday, not in the way that we have seen in this short just now. I, <laughs> I plan on making it into the new year um, without killing a significant other or anything like that. Um, but you can find me on social media, Instagram, X, Facebook, Letterbox at IDK Gravity. And you can also check out my podcast called Blurdy Massacre. Yes. Um, highly recommend Flirty Massacre. It is phenomenal. Thank you. Um, and yes, it's so good. Um, and you can find me on Twitter X, um, Twix at uh, Bodies Whore. Um, or uh, you can find me on Instagram at Bodies of Whore Podcast. And you can find me at Blue Ski, Blue Sky, uh, at Bodies of Horror. And of course, Bodies of Horror, what is that? Oh, it's a podcast. Um, part of the Anatomy of a Scream pod squad, Bodies of Horror, a bi-weekly podcast that examines horror films through the lens of disability. So if that sounds like a jam, give it a listen. Um, yeah, but this has been fantastic. Um, Thank you so much, Zero, and we'll check you guys all next time. Bye now. Happy holidays. The Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad.